everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of Comment Section. That's right, guys, we made right. it. It is the end of the year. 2022, at least at the time we're recording this, has 11 days left. You know, good riddance to 2022, but it's coming <laughs> to an end. We're saying farewell, or I don't know how they said it in Sound of Music. Um, so long, farewell, something. That's a movie I watched for the first time this year. Oh, really? I, I watched was, it for the second time last year, and I watched it as a kid as well. I was dreading watching it, and I was just like, oh, you know, it's not that bad. It's pretty I good. Think it's, it's one of the more enjoyable musicals, for sure, to me. I, yes. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. Yes. Um, uh, with that said, we're not talking about old movies. No, we're talking old about ew. what happened this year screw the old ones you know what if it's silent if it's black and white hell if it's not in 3d i don't care you know i want it Uh, shot on digital none of this film crap yeah yeah if it isn't made in the same way that the mcu is made i hate it exactly the, the only movies are the mcu exactly and you'll see that reflected in my list of course and now let's though like let's go over what this episode is because yes. this like every year is our best of the year episode and what you're going to see today is we're going to talk about um a general best of talk about this year in media from everything from TV to video games to music to anything that you want to bring up as well then we're going to get into our like hard official top I have a top five best movies of twenty twenty two list I have and eight. it's ordered. Oh, okay, cool. Um so we'll get into our official top list. Which That's, includes um theatrical <clears throat> and streaming, just so everyone Yeah. Knows. I don't even make the distinction anymore. Like <laughs> I, I think that a, a movie that like just came out like a Hulu movie is no different than uh I don't have any movie from honestly. I don't know if I've like ever liked when we started this show, I would have <laughs> said no. We're just doing theatrical, but now it's just after the pandemic. It's just it's changed. It's just it's changed. I, I also, I just like a lot of my list is going to be that. So I just think that the quality of straight to streaming is too high to not consider it. I mean, to be fair, I I know there was a movie you posted recently on Facebook. Technically, that was that did technically premiere in a theater. Okay, like if you're if we're yeah if we're kind of thinking of it that way, like because that movie was had to deal with Netflix, so it's a Netflix movie. But yes, I have a lot of movies like that that like they are budgeted and they are playing in select theaters that's like a common theme in a lot of the, my stuff this year but we're but before we get to that uh that that's our biggest that's our big end of the year like these are the yes. definitive best of the year uh the next episode would then be we're looking into the future so january 1st new year's day uh join us to look into the future uh of that year 2023 uh, as we reflect on, or not reflect, look forward. <laughs> yes. We reflect on the future. Yes, reflect. Um, Time travelers. <laughs> we look back on the future. Someday, you know, this might be an interesting thing to do sometime. Sometime, we should do a fake, like, 2023, like, 
We'll pretend we have a guess of what our ranking oh, will be, and then later, at the end of the year, we'll listen back to it and see if it if it lined yeah, up with what we were that, thinking. That would be really interesting. It would have been interesting to do this year because I think yours would end up very different. I'm guessing. But oh, yes. um, yeah, before getting into that, um, I mean, I also uh, to think be fair, be... a lot of them didn't yeah. come out this year. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. Um, I also think it would be very interesting one time to uh, maybe like 10 years of the show or something, we look back at all of our lists and see if our opinions about the movies have changed. Yes, that um, is a good one. Because I have a couple interesting ones where, um, like, for example, there's one year where I was like, I don't know, is this, should I do this as number one? I feel like as time goes on, this is going to slip. And the opposite was true, where that movie, I'm positive it's my number one. And my number two, that was almost number one, I don't care about anymore. So I actually <laughs> made the right choice, and I didn't think I was making the right choice at the time. So it's stuff like that is interesting to look at, but we'll, we'll see. Um, uh, so, yeah, that's the lineup for what's going to happen here. Uh, this episode is more of a general discussion of the year and the best ofs. Uh, no tip, no necessarily structure to this, but um, where do you want to start with this? Well, real quick, do we want to real quick give a little tribute to someone real quick, and then we oh. can start with um, our. That's countdowns. right. Yeah, yeah. Yes. We thought that this would be important to bring up. Yes. So, guys, this November twenty twenty two was not a great year for nine. It was not a great month for nineties kids. Uh, we found out, um, it's been about a month, that we found out that Jason David Frank, who was Tommy Oliver in the Power Rangers franchise, passed away at the age of 49. So we figured we real quick take a look back at, um, his, at his time as Tommy Oliver. Now, when you look at these big franchises, like the MCU, there's a bit of a debate. Who is the main character, Cap or Iron Man? DCEU, is it Batman, Superman, or Wonder Woman? Um, even Star Wars, is it Luke Skywalker, or is it Darth Vader? But in Power Rangers, there is no debate. Who was the big guy? Who is the guy? Even, like, I mean, my favorite character is uh, Jason, the Red Ranger. But there's no debate of who was the main character. Who was the heart of that franchise? That was Tommy Oliver. And introduced in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers as the Green Ranger, originally an adversary to our original five. And I remember, it was like annual, I think they would re-air it on Fox Kids. It was five parts, so it would be Evil Green Ranger Week. And oh, I remember being so hyped to see that. Also, because I was watching it in reruns... I thought it was he was good, and then he became bad. I didn't oh. realize it was his introduction. So I was like, I what see. happened? What made him go bad? But I, I remember like being with like my mom at the mall, being like, Mom, we have to get back home. We have to get back home so I can see it. <clears throat> and I just remember being like, just watching it and just being like, oh, crap, this is awesome. Then later he became the White Ranger and took over as the leader of the team. He appeared in Power Rangers Zeo. And then he left the franchise with Turbo, Power Rangers Turbo. And during that time, he was in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie, which is a movie I was a big fan of and would rewatch. And also Turbo Power Rangers movie. And later he came back 
for the first time after he left in the 10th anniversary episode, which I have to say, you know, whenever they have these anniversary specials, like their 10th, 15th, 20th, they really do go all out and make you very nostalgic for them. So that was cool. And I remember in 2004, you know, I I had kind of stopped watching Power Rangers by then. Because after a while, um, you know, it gets tiring after every year they switch out all the characters. And, you know, once in a while, once you've seen, once you've seen a few seasons, you're like, I kind of get the gist of what they're going to do. Because they kind of repeat it over and over and over. Mm-hmm. But I remember... Just someone had it on ABC, and there was a commercial. And this this was before internet. I had internet. This was back when, like, if, if, to find out about a movie, you had to see a commercial on the TV or something, or a TV show. And I remember looking at ABC, and um, they were advertising the next episode of Power Rangers. And the villain said, aren't you a little old, Tommy? I'm like, wait, what? And I look over, and there he is, 10 years later, being like, I may be old, but I, but I still got the power or something. And he, he was a main character. They brought him back in 2004 as a main character to be a mentor. And that was awesome. I went back and, you know, I kind of just given up after, um, but by the time they got into Wild Force, starring the guy who killed his roommate, we won't bring that. Well, I guess we did just bring that up, but it started the, you know, Power Rangers, they don't have the best, you know, criminal <laughs> records. Or, mm. or, yeah, but, um, I'd given up, but then I saw him, and he came back, and it felt like to me, like, you know what? I'm going to enjoy this. I think I'm done after this, but I, I, I'm i going to enjoy this, and I just remember every week tuning in and seeing what's next, and it was awesome. Then he later came back in uh, 2013, I think it was, and then the last time he appeared was in 2018 for their 25th anniversary special, which... Now we know it was the last time we'll ever see him play the character, and in retrospect, it was the perfect ending because they have him fighting a clone, and he has this special morpher. In the fight scene, he morphs into all his suits throughout the show. All four of them. Well, except for Turbo, but he went into his black suit, his red suit, his white suit, and ended it with his green suit. And, oh, it was awesome. So... Love us, so we thought we'd pay a little tribute to Jason David Frank. He was, he's definitely up there as one of the best characters in the franchise, so yes. So, you know, great actor, had a great reputation of being with his fans. He was, everyone talks about now about how he, like, was an inspiration to so many other people of how to treat your fans at Comic-Con, so it's a real shame what happened. Uh, we won't talk about... you. We'll just say, guys, you gotta take care of your mental health and stuff like that. So, you haven't... So, Jason David Frank, <coughs> one of the greats of the 90s. So, mm-hmm. anything you have to say about Jason David Frank, I, since you never watched the show. So. Yeah, I know, I know next to zero about this uh, franchise really i have a lot of friends and i know it's very who it's very important to and uh i know it was a a big you know aspect for for 90s kids a very important show and franchise um but there's nothing i can say really to to do justice it's not something that i grew up with or went back to at all 
All right. So there we go. So tip of the hat to Jason David Frank. Absolutely. So did we get want to get into our review of the year 2022? Yes. Year in review. Um, uh, comment section wrapped. Uh, comment section replay. Oh, um, yeah. Here we go. Um, comment section flashback. That actually makes it sound more like we're rating the comment section episodes when in fact yes. we're just rating them. One day we'll <laughs> rank our favorite episodes. <laughs> yeah. Top 10 comment yes. section episodes. Um, but no. Um, so I have um, a short list of a few. I, I have a few short, <laughs> short lists of. Uh, uh, I have a list of some video games that stuck out with stuck out to me this year. I have a list of um, speaking of video games, real quick. Have you ever been able to get PS Five yet? No, no. I, I mean I kind of stopped trying. I uh, have a lot of I, I I there's never ending content on the Nintendo Switch to get um to to get to. Actually, why don't we start with that because we're on the topic? Sure. Um, uh. This year, uh, my my gaming life was almost entirely on the Nintendo Switch, um, and uh, occasionally I would play like a, a digital card game or something on the on PC, or I think maybe a couple of decent like uh, old school style um, uh, like uh, simulation games, which is a genre I always like. Oh, and I actually should also shout out that. Probably the game I found that I got the most obsessed with was, and this was for um, PC as well, a game called Inscription, which is this, like, it's like you're playing a card game in this remote cabin with this creepy guy who's (laughs) keeping you in there, forcing you to play the card game. And so you're focusing on playing the card game well, but you're also, like, trying to solve the mystery, and you can get up from the table and wander around the cabin and try and solve the mystery. It's so awesome. That sounds uh, amazing. It is one of the most amazing games I've ever played for real, and it's an indie game. Uh, and part of what made it so amazing was what I just described for, like, a couple... like for I don't know. Like I think maybe I played it for, like, nine or ten hours, and I thought that I kind of had beat the game. I had gotten the gist of the game. It's so much more than that. Like, it goes <laughs> in directions you'd never expect. And um, that game came out in 2021. And I, it, it didn't, I couldn't play it because I have only a Mac and not a PC. And uh, it only just came out for Mac. And then it actually now just came out for like Xbox and PlayStation and, and, and Nintendo Switch. Um, if, so I played that like, all through the end of the summer and in the fall, just playing it over and over again, and it was great. If that had came out this year, even though I played it this year, it's technically a 2021 game. If it had come out this year, it would be my number one game of the year. But uh, it, we, can't, we can't count it. Then. <laughs> yeah. So I have a, a, a top list of three. I, I had to shout that out because discovering that game this year was like... And what was it called? Inscription. Inscription. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, but these, these top, uh, I look back these are the top three games that I played this year. Um, all of them I played on the Nintendo switch. Um, uh, oh, I, I'll also say a lot of the video gaming I did. Um, the Nintendo switch, uh, is one awesome thing about it is that it has like a uh, virtual consoles. So like there's an app you can open in it. 
that has a ton of Super Nintendo games, uh, original Nintendo games. Uh, there's one for Nintendo 64 games, and there's also one for Sega Genesis games. Oh. Uh, so I've spent a lot of this year playing older games. I um, played through the entire Donkey Kong Country trilogy, um, <laughs> which as a kid I only thought there I only knew of one. Now I just like a few days ago I finally beat the third one, so I beat the whole trilogy. Um, I've also I played through like Banjo Kazooie and Super Mario 64 on the Nintendo 64 emulator. Um, I played a bunch of Sonic on the Genesis emulator. Um, so just a never ending, like sync for my time. And those is great, but here are my official top three, three, my third favorite game of the year is this game called Ooblets, um, which is another like indie game. It's a little like Pokemon esque in that you, um, collect these little creatures but the creatures are like, um, they're all plants and like seeds. And so it's like a farming simulator game where you grow these little creatures that you collect. And uh, I don't know, it's like a lot of different farming simulators like Harvest, Harvest Moon, Stardew Valley, Animal Crossing kind of thing. But just with an interesting twist. And it's just very cute and um, like very zen. Uh, really just a, a, an absolute joy to play um yeah that's probably the most like underrated least known of these because the others are two <laughs> huge game franchises all right um so i have to sh- highly recommend that if no one's heard of it um my number two highly anticipated game uh for me kirby and the forgotten land <laughs> the first ever true 3d kirby game and that can be an awkward movement from being a 2D game like platformer to 3D. It can be awkward, but they nailed it with this. It's one of the best Kirby franchise games ever, in my opinion. Uh, it's an amazing, expansive world. It's beautiful. Uh, it's action-packed. Extremely fun. And my number one game of the year, this franchise can be very hit or miss. And actually, this oh actually boy. came out. In, this came out in January, uh, so feels like barely feels like this year. It feels like last year, but it did come out this year. And basically, for like a month after it came out, this was the one game on my mind. I was playing it all the time. Um, like I said, the it, franchise can be hit or miss. This was a new direction for the franchise. Uh, it wasn't the same old ru- routine thing. Uh, this is uh, one of the two new Pokemon games that came out this year. The first one, Pokemon Legends Arceus. Completely like trying new things, different direction for the franchise. This time they created an open world where it was focused less on combat and more about exploration and uh, capturing Pokemon through, like, throwing treats and trying <laughs> to sneak up on them and stuff. Um, and f- a focus on storytelling as well. Uh, and, like, world building. Um, it was... And, of course, like, anything open world is usually going to be my number one game of the year. <laughs> uh, but this was... 
I would say, as a massive Pokemon fan for my whole life, this is up there with what I have my whole life considered the best Pokemon game ever, which is Pokemon <laughs> Silver slash Gold, uh, which came out in, like, 2000 or something. That sounds um, somewhat familiar from, like, a comic ad I would have seen or something. Yeah, the that would... Yeah, that was the second generation, which would have been, it came out like right at the peak of the, uh, the initial peak of popularity. And those games are long, long been the best in the franchise. And it's, it's what makes me love it because I'm one of the weird Pokemon fans who doesn't even like the anime and thinks it's obnoxious. And, um, so you don't care that Ash is leaving and Pikachu are I'm leaving? I'm excited that he's leaving. <laughs> Finally! Finally! God, I'm... I wish they would have killed him off earlier. I really like seriously. It took you twenty five years to win the whole thing. Like <laughs> seriously, freaking loser! <laughs> it's like on The Simpsons where <laughs> Sideshow Bob said twenty five years of trying to trying to kill a ten year old. It's twenty five yeah. years of this ten year old trying to catch a Pokemon. Yeah, he was trying to beat the the world championship and he finally got it. I, I don't know. Is uh, um. I liked it for a little bit as a kid, and then as I grew older, I realized that I don't think that the anime... The anime feels like kind of like a bad translation of, like, what the video games are. And it just feels like... It feels like there's a disconnect to me. what What I feel like when I'm playing the video games is not what's in the anime. Uh, so, uh... That's just my own personal thing that almost no one else agrees with. But, um, uh, so yeah, Pokemon Legends Arceus is, is the, like, it's my, in my top two best Pokemon games ever made. So, um, that's why it had to be my number one. Oh, yes, there it is. So, yeah, I don't have any games to mention because. <laughs> Yeah. Unfortunately, you're not up on it uh, all that like on like on new games uh, like all, and I'm not as no. much on it. Uh, a lot of people like their end list would have definitely had like the game Elden Ring came out this year. That was massive. Uh, it won game of the year, the game of the year awards. Um, it, it like swept those awards. It's like really claimed. I didn't play it and I it's like a medieval kind of theme. So it's I'm kind of into it, but I don't know if I'll ever play it. Uh, God of War also, uh, swept a lot of awards, not interested in that. I don't play a lot of, like, AAA brand new titles. And if I do, I get around to them, like, five years later. Yeah. So, that's, uh, so, keeping up on the occasional Nintendo game is the only, like, 2022 game. That's why my list was like that. Um, but yeah, like, for, for you, I imagine, same kind of deal, like, you have a, just a PS three um and so you occasionally get to games that were popular a long time ago yes like um i don't know if i've mentioned on here before i'm I'm pretty sure i have but like here was my issue with the ps4 right so when did it come out like 2015 or 14 um i got one late and i was definitely early on in college so it could have even been 2013 okay so here was the, th- the problem with the PS4 is like for years, like the whole time there's a PS4, 
Like, even my mom would be like, don't you want to get PS4 or something? I'm just like, but the problem is, there's only one game I'd want for it, and that's Batman Arkham Knight. Like, years mm-hmm. and years of there only being one game I'd want. I'm just like, is it yeah. worth it just for one? It looks like an awesome game, but uh-huh. is it worth it just for one? And then, at the end of its life, that's when they started getting Injustice and the Spider-Man game and Red Dead Redemption 2. And the Avengers, which I heard sucks, but still, I'd want to give it a shot, but... Yeah. And then, like, once they started getting more than just one game I'd want, it was gone. And now the PS5 can't get anywhere, so... Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, all the stuff I'd I'd be interested in didn't come out till the very end. Yeah. So that was that's that's really kind of the issue it was, like... I think Rock is it Rockstar that makes Grand Theft Auto? Yes. Like they've only put they yes. only put out like one game during that time. Like Yeah, that's crazy. And it's just like eh, like there's there was barely any like when I look at the PS3, there were so many. You had like the Arkham Batman games, you had Lego Batman, you had like two Grand Theft Autos, and it mm. just it just felt like nothing came out that I would want in the PS4. Now there's a few, and it's gone. So that's, yeah. that's kind of the predicament. It Like, PS5, there's going to be the Spider-Man game and the Wolverine game. That's already more than the yeah. PS4 had all its whole run until the yeah. very end. The PS5, if I, was, if I still had a taste for, like, AAA, like, super, like, that style of game, the really highly produced game, uh, like action games and stuff. If I still had that taste, the PS five is incredible. <laughs> like, <laughs> especially at this same stage that the PS four is at. I totally agree. Uh, the PS four for me had tons of titles that I loved, but that's cause, uh, you know, th- those were for me. Yeah. Maybe I need to like look into more games, but there's so many games. Where I'm just like, I never yeah. heard of that. <laughs> I mean, I find uh, out about later. Um, I think one of the greatest games for the PS4 is uh, Lord of the Rings: Shadows, Shadow of Mordor, or whatever. Um, which again, like you're not into Lord of the Rings, but like it's it's kind of the style of like an Assassin's Creed or a Batman Arkham oh, games. Yeah. And yeah, that was a great PS4 game. That's um, another one I have for PS3. I have a bunch of Assassin's Creed games, but did any come out for PS4? I think so. I never was into that series, but I'm pretty sure. Of, I, th- I think they come out with one like every two years, like clockwork. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I have like four of them. I've only gotten through. I- I'm working on. I'm still working on the first one, but yeah, I'll get to those other ones eventually. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, that's my uh, that's my list. I guess my gaming thing right now is I'm going through Grand Theft Auto Four again. Cool. With Nico. Yeah. Nico Bellic from Russia. Yeah, yeah. I I know a lot about that series from Osmosis, but I've um Yeah, I think I've never played one. You've never played Grand Theft Auto? <laughs> I, I've I've watched a friend play it. I remember when I was like way too young, maybe watching a cousin play like one of like Grand Theft Auto 2 or something. Like there were definitely some bits or polygons going on. And uh but I've never played it. Uh that's that's a nice. It really shows how much I prefer open world. Yeah, like I had to give up. Like I was playing was it The Last of Us because I got a digital mm-hmm. version years ago. 
Yeah. I had to stop because I was just like, it was like an hour of me dying at the same spot. I'm just like, I, I can't do this mm-hmm. anymore. I Yeah. The nice thing about open world, like if, if a mission is really hard, you can just do something else or um, like wander, just do like a side thing. You could like cook food if it's that yes. kind of game. Like it doesn't matter. So um, it, if there's a roadblock, it's not like, if you're in a situation like that, it's not like, oh, in the back of my head, I know if I pick up this game, I have to get through that part. Yes. Yeah. And so one of my favorite tough. things about the fifth one is, you know what? You die three times, they give you an option to skip over the, the mission. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, that's that's my list. If you, if you don't have any other video games. I stuff to, do not. I've been mostly... What were the last few games I played? Grand Theft Auto 4, Last of Us. What was before that? It might have been Assassin's Creed, but sometimes I would just play like the same game for like two months and then I'll switch over to something else. So mm-hmm. probably in January I'll switch over to something new. Yeah. That's the other thing is that I tend to be someone who um, I get a game and play it to death rather than playing lots of games. <laughs> uh, so um, that makes my list shorter as well. Um, if we want to move on to something, I would consider, because we both have stuff for television, I'm assuming. Did you come up with some television I stuff? I did come up with a list of a few TV shows, yeah. Yeah, just like the best stuff that was on TV or was released uh, as a series. Yeah, I got all, like, like six during, things during on there. 2022. Yeah, I, I have a lot as well. It was a great year for me. Um, but but uh, before that, I uh, will end it with TV, but um, I'll quickly go through like I did last year. Um, actually, just today on my social media accounts, uh, follow uh, 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 What What is I'm, it? I'm, what is it? <laughs> which, uh, I'm trying to think of which, which account do I plug. TJD.art. Follow the account TJD.art. You will see I have begun to post my best of the year graphics for the best music of the year starting today i dropped my uh best december 20th i dropped my best songs of the year for every day for the rest of the year i'm gonna make one post a day revealing the next on the list of my top 10 albums of the year um (laughs) So we won't know what my number one album is until December 31st. Oh, but on boy. this podcast, uh, and to you today, I'm going to spoil that entire thing. Get I'll a go through it quickly. Into the future. Um, so... You know what you saying real quick? You know what you saying um, your top ten starting tomorrow reminded me of? Uh, what? <laughs> Do you know that tomorrow we were all supposed to die ten years ago? Oh, December 21st, 2012. 2012. That was yeah. it. Look how that went. <laughs> yes. I remember being on my iPad, buying some Superman comics because it has sale, and just being like, man, I hope this was not all for nothing. I yeah. hope I get to read these later. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, um, without oh, further ado. Oh, I like ado, that one cover on... um. The left, it's the third one down with the, like the head. 
Oh, this shot colorful one. Yeah, that's yeah, a great album. I'll, I'll I'll get. I won't list all these, but in the video, this is a graphic for my honorable mentions. Uh, that one that you just pointed at is one of my favorite bands. Pup came out with an album called The Unraveling of Pup the Band. Uh, really great album. I saw them on the tour of that album, and uh, this year in like September or something. Which, by the way, great that I can uh, see music again in a semi-normal way. Oh, um, yes. <clears throat> these are my honorable mentions. If you want to see them, go to that account I mentioned. Um, yeah, that album, and like all these other albums, um, were good, but didn't quite make the cut. <clears throat> my number 10 album of the year, I'm just going to go through these quickly. Um, you can see more about what I said on my social media. Um, this is a metal album by a band called Escuela Grind Memory Theater. Um, first album by this band, and it is a banger. It is it is ripping and roaring and gross and grimy and cool. It's uh, it's cool. And one of the uh, and a strange thing, uh, I don't feel like many bands have the name of the genre that they're in in the title of the band. Oh, uh, yes. because the it's grind, grindcore, or grind music. Um, the only other one I can think of is Metallica. Anyway, my number nine, another <laughs> band I found just this year, creepy, funny cover, but uh, it's, they're called Fleshwater. The album is We're Not Here to Be Loved. Sounds very '90s shoegaze grunge kind of thing. It's it's very cool. My number eight album is a lot of creepy album covers. I have a problem. It looks Sweet like, um, you know those, uh, remember those old paintings of Santa by the Coca-Cola where he gets the coca Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like it a is. very dark version of that. Yeah. No idea what this cover is. It's uh, someone's face being, like, pried back by white gloves. They're not even white gloves. It's just stark hands. white you hands. You can see the fingernails. Yeah, that's weird. Um, the band Sweet Pill, Where the Heart Is. <clears throat> uh, this year I went to see one of my favorite bands that's actually from Grand Rapids called La Dispute. And the band that opened for them was Sweet Pill. Um, and I showed up late because I had never heard of this band. And I, when I walked in, they were like in the last few songs of their set. Sweet Pill, that is. And I was, I was like, holy crap, this is good. Why have I never heard of this? And I immediately <laughs> like added this album to my list. It was one of the only times that's ever happened where I was so stunned by a band live that it made me get into them. Because <laughs> usually openers suck is but, this their um, first album or are they done a, f- a uh, few others before they're also a newer band that is their first album is that yeah that's i think this is so far all f- debut albums so great new bands sweet pill where the heart is number seven this is not a debut album oh wow <laughs> this is awesome another another 90s like they're they're Harkening to a lot of 90s stuff. We're this going is, through covers. This is my favorite so far. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, there's also a music video for the song um, Good... Wait. Well enough, Good. It's the second song on the album. I don't I'm gonna, Sometimes I just know it's the second song on the album. Uh, and uh, it's the, the band Future Teens, which is kind of like the joke we made earlier of like reflecting on the uh future <laughs> future oh, yes. teens uh the um album self-help i uh 
it's weird. They still feel like a new band to me, but this is already their third album. Um, I've loved them for a few years now. Um, after they opened for my favorite band, The Wonder Years. Um, so I guess this is another example of finding a band through that means. But um, uh, it's a it's a great emotional, but also has some dark humor, uh, lighthearted, but also emotional kind of uh, music. Uh, it's great. Number six, <clears throat> the band is Static Dress, uh, Rogue Carpet Disaster. Um, this is a band from the UK. I think this is their first album as well. They are like totally, they sound like they're straight from like the mid 2000s, like uh, emo era, um, which I was really into. Like you in hear them in Twilight or something. <laughs> um, I would say it's a, it maybe a step more aggressive than that, but okay. uh, almost because technically Paramore did have uh, a song for Twilight, and that's kind of like the era I'm talking about. But uh, really, I thought they did. They didn't just like do this style in a gimmicky way. They made a really solid set of songs. Um, all twelve songs on this album are great. Um, my number five, Worm Rot Hiss. I think this is my favorite album cover of the That's year because one. it is a great painting. It's really dynamic. It's creepy. It doesn't make sense. Uh, it's just someone coming up from the water. I don't know what it means, but it's captivating. Um, I technically, it's not full, but like the lighting helps make it creepier. Yeah, it's really great. Um, and you almost wouldn't know what this album sounds like by looking at the cover um, because it's even way, way more intense than the cover. It's uh, it's wild. But I think they're from... They're from like a... They're from somewhere in Asia. That's all I know. That um, they... uh, the, The music... The words are in English, but... I don't think they're like native English speakers or anything, but, um, but it's great. Uh, and, um, I was looking at the list and I realized that this, this, where this places, it means that this is my favorite metal album of the year. Oh, um, I don't know. Is it worm rot hiss? Um, they have four albums now, but I only started listening to them this year. And I think this is their best album. Like going back into their catalog, this, this is this, Blew it out of the water. Um, my number four, Carly Cosgrove, See You in Chemistry. Um, for some reason, this band, and I don't know why they started doing this, but all of their song names are like references to like Nickelodeon live action stuff, just as a gimmick, just as like a funny joke. But their music has nothing to do with that. <laughs> it's a uh, kind of emotional, uh, so do it's, they it's have Gullah Gullah Island and Blues Clues and all that? Not Keenan that kind of. Th- this is more to to your despair. This is more like um, I don't want to speak his name. It's more the the name of the band Carly Cosgrove is a is a reference to um, Miranda Cosgrove. Oh okay. Um, so for some reason they just kind of got this naming convention, but again their music is nothing like that. Uh, Funny band, though, uh, in that decision to do that uh, and just run with it. But really, the al- it doesn't speak for the album itself, which is really um, 
much deeper on the lyrical side than you'd expect from the more jokey titling. Um, it's, uh, it's really hyper-personal, reflective uh, emo music. Number three. <clears throat> oh, this might be my favorite cover. This cover's awesome, <laughs> and it reflects the sound of the music so well. This is like a fast pop-punk album. And, is that a uh, shoe that... It's a shoe with a gun to its head. <laughs> this cover's awesome. Um, it's a band called No Pressure, self-titled album No Pressure. This is also the first album ever from this band, but that's because this band came out of nowhere at the beginning of this year. It's a super group from members of the band The Story So Far and Light Years. Um, so a bunch of just like modern pop punk artists came together and made this absolute banger of an album. Uh, just quick tens like having 10 songs and all of them are short songs but uh every single one of them just just is so catchy and hits hard um and the story so far is one of my favorite bands of all time and has showed up really high on a lot of my past lists so this is essentially like more of why i love that band is in this band um so no pressure Number two, Pool Kids, another self-titled album called Pool Kids. Um, this is a year of year. It's an emo year for me. It's another kind of emo <laughs> or indie rock kind of album that has some very doodly fun guitar parts. Um, uh, you'll probably find out. Uh, oh yeah, I posted it today. My top songs of the year. My number one song of the year was the first single off this album called That's Physics Baby. Oh, yes. Uh, that was my number one song of the year on my to- on that list I posted today. Um, well, the, the guitar part at the beginning of that song is a good example of what I'm talking about. Uh, how they just combine these really quick, like, doodly-fiddly guitar parts and, like, really emotional, captivating music. Um, this is a great album. <clears throat> my number one album of the year, which... Everyone is at the edge of their seats waiting for December 31st. Yes. Everyone else here is not going to know this till December 31st. There has been a lot of hints of it in the background on past episodes on this episode. Oh, boy. Uh, it's connected. Like the MCU has been building up towards and this. It's also no surprise because, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, it's my favorite band of all time. But their last album uh, it didn't quite... I, I, I love their last album, but it didn't quite do it for me. Even though I love it, it's like one of their worst albums. This one, they came back strong, and it's one of their best albums. So, yeah, my favorite... I, I'm I'm not showing it because I'm building suspense. Yeah, it's my favorite band of all time, but I'm not so totally biased that I would always... Because that last album didn't make it to my number one spot. This one did, because it's that good. It's the Wonder Years is the hum goes on forever, which I got this banner that says the hum goes on. Forever. <laughs> oh, so that's what and that's the album from. <laughs> is right here. <laughs> um, I love this album. Um, this like a return to form, but also a progression for this band that feels like nostalgic for a lot of the band's older music it feels like they studied their older music 
and understood uh, like once again like why the fans like it and why it's so good and they combined that with their newer sound into this amazing album that reflects a lot on the, the covid pandemic and the sorts of like depression uh and like existential thoughts that went along with that uh like on the song low tide which goes into that a lot um and um uh like a lot of stuff i wouldn't relate to like a lot of songs about him having his first kid i would never do something like that that's insane <laughs> but like the way he sings about it and talks about it is so like it, it's just such a good lyricist that it makes you empathize with him and care and understand what he's going through um this album is why they're my favorite band of all time. Uh, it's a, it's an example of why they're my favorite band of all time. It's an absolute will go down as one of my favorite albums of all time in general. Uh, and yeah, the hum goes on forever. Um, and that is my top 10 albums of the year list sneak preview only on comment section. Oh Yes. So there we go with that. So, um, got through albums and I so I don't have any albums to yeah. bring up. Um Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. Which is why in past years I didn't bring mine up because it was like, uh, let's share something. But I I'm, <laughs> I'm like, you know. Uh technically our uh what is it, our podcast thumbnail does have like um a record on it or something. Yes. I can't even remember what it looks like now. But, um, yeah, I uh, put a lot of thought and care into my top 10 albums list every year because it's a <laughs> tradition of mine since 2013, um, <clears throat> which that should be something I should do as well after next year when I've done 10 of them is kind of really dissect those lists and see if anything's changed there as well. Oh, yes. Um, but there's my top 10. Um and that means it's time to get into TV shows. Yes, it is time to get into TV shows. So, how many did you have? Yeah, I'm sure we can go back and forth on this. I have six. I I do. <coughs> I think I also have six. <laughs> wow. I also have an RIP section for those shows that have left us. All I right. also have two worst sections for TV. Okay, yeah. Um, I don't know if I felt super negative about anything, but I do have... Um, <clears throat> what do you want to do? Do you want to do the RIP section first? Sure, let us remember the shows that have come to a close. <clears throat> All right. Um, so I guess I'll start with what I was going to say with the RIP section while <laughs> I remember it. Um, I found out just today... Um, oh I believe boy. I believe on um, it might have been last year's upco- upcoming or I guess this year's upcoming uh, TV list. Um, one of my favorite graphic novel series is called Paper Girls. Um, and uh, it's a great like sci fi. Um, yeah, I remember you time travel about thing. It, yeah, I love it. I It's like a six volume graphic novel series from Image Comics and it's great. And I was very excited when I found out it was being adapted uh, into a TV series. And I found out today, first of all, I had no idea it had come out. So today I, I was like, what 
Paper Girls, it came out, and I read the sentence, it came out on June something and was canceled after one season. <laughs> and that was a roller coaster of a sentence I wrote, I wrote, I read today. Um, and the thing is, I... And uh, moments it, like that, when you realize it's already is why it got canceled. Yeah, I guess it, that must be, it must have been marketed really terribly, um, because... I'm a huge fan of it, and I didn't know. And apparently, it has great reviews. So I'm really excited. It's to... gotta be the marketing. I mean, yeah. if you're that big a fan and you didn't know it was out, yeah, then that's it's crazy. Um, yeah, apparently. So I'm really excited to watch. I think like eight episodes or something, and that's it. Um, I think real, real quick. I gotta say, when people say. Maybe there should be some movies like Marvel movies that don't do trailers or stuff. This is why you need marketing. Right yeah. here, right now is why you need marketing <clears throat> for movies and TV shows. I will say, um, I remember seeing an ad way before it came out, come to think of it, on Instagram, I think. And I was looking at some of the comments and people were like, I saw people saying like, who asked for this? And it's like, why are we, why are we getting this comic series and not this comic series after all these years? And I was just like, um, like it was sort of, it was sort of just like, there's lots of things adapted from sort of cult classic-y things. Like it's not like, it doesn't, you don't only need to adapt Batman and Superman a hundred times. Like you can go for the smaller comic series. It's fine. They can uh, both coexist. Yeah. Like just because paper girls, the series is being made doesn't mean that you're like, uh, uh, I, I don't know some other, uh, comic series. Like you're, if you're like, have your heart attached on some slightly more obscure DC character. And you're like, why hasn't this been the given question. a movie yet? Yeah. You're like, I'm a question head. Why, why are you making this stupid uh, bunch of little teenage girls thing and not the question? What's wrong with you? They can, Just because that exists doesn't mean that that can't also exist. But probably that can't also exist. Um, <clears throat> so, it's a little bit of a bummer that that didn't uh, turn into more. Because I think it's a really great story. Yes. So I guess I'll mention <clears throat> my RIPs. I have three real quick. All right. I'll count them down. One is a show that unfortunately is done because of changing of hands. So obviously we haven't we haven't did we even do a normal episode this year besides I don't think I think we've just done specials this year. Yeah, just pure news. I think that's possible. Yeah, so Obviously, things have changed a lot. Warner Brothers now Discovery has taken over. Yeah, and one of the things they've done is sold the CW to Nexstar, who has decided they want to just make cheap garbage content that's unscripted, because that's really what we need more of in this world. So uh, CW is going through some changes. I think that starting not this season but the following, they're gonna rebrand it uh, I don't know next stars reality crap mm-hmm. and unfortunately one of the casualties we learned was the cancellation of Stargirl the mm-hmm. DC superhero show Stargirl yeah and I'm not gonna lie it was not one of my favorites like I don't put it on the same level as Arrow or Smallville or Gotham overall 
it was a real fun, enjoyable show. I really enjoyed it. And it just... It's a shame because it did better than some of the other CW shows in terms of ratings, but it just was one of those casualties of the CW is no longer owned by Warner... Well, it kind of is, but it's now Nexstar's network. And they've decided they want to go a different direction with the network. And Stargirl, unfortunately, never got to a million views. It was always like 400,000 or something. And it just was unfortunately one of the casualties of changing the hands. And But you know what? Looking back, it had a really good run. And three seasons for a more obscure DC character is pretty good. And I, I've only seen two episodes of the season so far. It's been very busy with a bunch of stuff. But mm-hmm. I got something spoiled in the finale. And some people want to say, does that make you upset? No, because I really, really liked where I got spoiled in the finale. It's a certain character popping up that, I'll just say, so in the show has the Justice Society. Yeah. And in Black Adam, we had Justice Society. And in Stargirl's series finale, we see a certain character. Maybe I'll say it. Everyone knows it by now. It's the Jay Garrick version of the Flash, Flash, played by John Wesley Shipp. I have no idea why they didn't put Jay Garrick in the Black Adam movie. I also don't know why the Black Adam movie exists, but we'll uh-huh. get into that later. But um, I was just like, yes. that You know what? Just for me, you know, if you're going to do Justice League, you need to have Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. If you do the Avengers, you need to have Captain America and Iron Man. If you're going to do Justice Society, you need the Jay Garrick version of The Flash. And he'd already... He'd appeared in a flashback in season two, but he has a short little cameo, and it was just like, if you're going out that way, that's a way to go. And we, I kind of had a feeling, because John Wesley Shipp would always like a bunch of Stargirl stuff on Twitter, so I'm just like, mm, maybe, maybe? Yeah. And he's in there, and so that was awesome. So it's awesome. something to look forward to, because I love John Wesley Shipp as Jay Garrick, both on the Flash TV show and Stargirl. So I'm looking forward Sweet. to seeing him in there. Another one, and that is the 2023 list. Another one that we had to say RIP to was Young Justice. Hmm. Now, it hasn't officially been canceled. Like Greg Wiseman, the co creator and co showrunner, has kind of hit it on Twitter. He doesn't know what's going on, but the writing's on the wall. It HBO never HBO Max never did order another season, so <clears throat> it does look like Young Justice is done. And look, I'm not gonna lie, I've seen about half of this newest season. Mm-hmm. It really was not very good this last season, um, which is Too a bad. shame because I love the show. It just. And other people said, too, there's way too many characters in the show now. It lost focus. Because when the show started, it was focused on this team of sidekicks. Robin, Aqualad, uh, Superboy, Miss Marvel, Artemis. And now it just feels like this giant DC Universe show that really doesn't go anywhere. Because I'm just watching, I'm just like, why in this episode of Zatanna, with Zatanna, are we showing these random flashbacks to Vandal Savage? 
it just it just would feel so random and you know it's just one of those things like i don't know i maybe it is time for it to end but you know what it kind of unceremoniously got canceled in its golden age which was when it was on cartoon network and they did bring it back and i i like season 3 it's not as good as the first two but i liked it wasn't that big on season 4 although it did have some of the Superman moments they have in there are great. And Young Justice to me will always be a special show because it was the first show outside of uh, like the DC animated universe or like Batman the animated series Justice League Unlimited where I felt like it perfectly captured those characters. Like when I watched The Batman, I was watching a version of Batman. When I was watching Batman the Brave and the Bold, I was watching a version of Batman. When I see Bruce Greenwood's Batman in Young Justice, I see Batman. Just. So, I was a big fan of the show. Uh, It's kind of time for it. I think, I don't know, it just never really did recapture that magic from the first two seasons. Which, to be fair, that's a high bar, because those first two seasons are perfection. Hmm. And... I really like season three, and that's more. It doubled its length thanks to this revival. So yeah, you know what? It had a good run. That's all you can hope for. Yes, <clears throat> it's better than uh, airing in June and being canceled after eight episodes. Yes. So, and finally, let us say farewell to a show that has been with us for generations. Everyone has seen this show. It was with us on snow days. It was with us when we stayed home sick from school. And it was with us as we tried to figure out who is our baby's father. And that is, after 30 years, we said goodbye to the Maury Show. Oh my gosh. That's right. It finally came to a close. I mean, look. Daytime TV talk, it's a genre that died years ago. It's, yeah. It's, even, like, they have the show Steve Wilkos. I don't even think it airs in our area anymore. Yeah. It used to air on a local Fox, but it doesn't air anywhere around here anymore. Yeah. Yeah, this is something that definitely I would have thought would have died years ago. Yes, didn't but... didn't know it was still going. It, it kept going, and we still kept finding out who is the baby's father, who is cheating... I mean, the sad thing is, is that, um, now it did go out on its own terms. Like, Maury chose to retire, and mm-hmm. it was just like, all right, it was a good run. Unfortunately, it never really did recover from COVID because, you know, he's like 80 something years old. You don't want to bring in guests. Right. So, it, compared to like some other shows, it really had to kind of stay virtual its whole time, mm-hmm. which, you know, when you don't have that audience and stuff, it, it really kind of, the energy clearly just wasn't there, and but you know what? It was a it was a nice thirty year run. We can rewatch him forever. You know, I always think it's weird how like some shows, like syndicated shows like that, they don't they only re air like the past five years. They don't go back to the archives. Like, wouldn't it be cool to see a nineties episode or something? But they never yeah. do that for some reason. Yeah, that is weird. It's just, but maybe they want to pretend like it's new, but we know it's not. Yeah. But yeah, you know what? Part of it. 
what a what a good run. And you know what? It's always fun. Whenever you're thinking, could my life get any worse? Just pop on an episode more and see yeah, how it it's could. Yeah, it's a good way to do that. I mean, I remember you were the, actually the one who introduced me to that this show existed. <laughs> I did? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember you talking about it and I, and <laughs> me being like, this sounds crazy or this is really what's going on on TV when I'm at school. Um, and I think you maybe showed me parts of it when I went over there uh, like long, long ago and stuff. But So there we go. Farewell right. to, the, to the era that was Maury. Yeah. Farewell. Farewell to all those shows. Yes. <clears throat> so, did we want to get... So, we both have six shows, right? Yeah, and just now, I kind of vaguely ordered them in a way that was kind of like, I think I like these... I think this is the order I like them in. Oh, yeah. So, real quick, did I want to say my two worst ones? Uh, Are they TV shows? Yeah. Okay, yeah. If you have worst movies, we should save that for the Yeah, the we'll next save step, that. So, yeah. And, yeah. I have two. Just two. Yeah. One of them was a show I didn't have any faith in. And then I watched the first episode, and I was like, oh, this is very good. And sadly, it peaked with that first episode. <laughs> and sadly, I have to say, in my opinion, the second worst show is She-Hulk. <laughs> Marvel She-Hulk. I love the Hulk. In fact, the Bill Bixby Hulk, I think, is the best live-action Marvel show ever made. And I really enjoyed that first episode. I still stand by the first episode is the best Disney Plus Marvel show. Is the best Disney Plus episode Marvel's ever had. And you know, 2 came, and it wasn't as good, but it was still good. And then it just plummeted. Yeah. And um, I haven't seen the last episode, but I did see the Daredevil episode, the first one he's in. And that was good. That it picked up, because I think that's when when they had the guest stars. It kind of forced them to be a superhero show and not this dumb comedy. Mm-hmm. And it just that's what it was. It was a dumb sitcom that wasn't funny. It like so much of it just felt stupid. Like they had this one character, Madison, who is completely one dimensional and stupid. I'm Madison with one eye and two S's, but not where you think. She was so dumb and one dimensional. And people be like, um, well, this is supposed to be a comedy. Well, then don't set it in the MCU. Like, mm-hmm. I just, if you're going, like, it was, us. it was a poor man's version of Deadpool and Harley Quinn. That's what it was. Gotcha. It wanted to be that. <clears throat> And it just wasn't. The writing was awful. And it just... It was one of those shows where I was just like, you know, maybe this could have worked if everything wasn't tied into the MCU. If it was a separate show, they hired some writers from Harley Quinn, maybe it could have worked. But mm-hmm. it just was painfully bad. Like, And I just remember one episode, I think I mentioned it before, where it was bad. And Marvel knew it was bad. Because at the very end, they show a shot of Daredevil's mask. And it's just like, <laughs> guys, we know this episode sucked, but Daredevil's coming. And we're just like, God, yeah. screw this show. And Daredevil was good in the show. I haven't. Here's the thing. I haven't seen the last episode yet, but it doesn't matter. Because even if that fourth episode, even if we get 
that last episode, and it's the fourth good one. That's five bad ones. It can't. It can't win. It's already lost. So, mm-hmm. unfortunately, that's She Hulk. It was. Yeah. <clears throat> it just. It was just what I've come to expect from the MCU now. And so we'll go into my number one. Number one, I'll say the worst thing to come out this year. Mentioned it earlier. Is the Santa Clauses. A Disney Plus <laughs> yeah. show. It's awful. I hate it. Every episode, five times, I'd be like, I effing hate this show. Yeah. And, you know, it was, you know, Santa saying kids today are to blame for why Christmas is ruined. The, um, the jokes were awful. The new characters were stupid and one-dimensional. Bill and Turn didn't make any sense. Uh, Scott Calvin's arc of why he decides to become Santa again really didn't make any sense. The pacing was awful. They stretched out the very the moments they knew they didn't have to spend money on special effects. They rushed the moments that they did have to spend the money. It just was an awful train wreck. So it's something to be avoided at all costs. I like something like I mentioned earlier. Christmas Story Christmas is worth checking out just to see where the characters come out in those few heartfelt moments. This show should be avoided at all costs. There is nothing redeemable about this show. It's truly terrible. It sounds terrible. And, you know, what I do is I don't watch things that look terrible. And that saves me from having worst of lists for the most part. So, yeah. Um, We'll get into more fun, fun negativity and the best movies, but uh, or worst movies. But um, uh, let's do our uh, yeah best uh, the the TV shows we did like. Yes. Um, for the way I'm. Oh, my, one of mine is gonna get people upset that it was good. Yes. That most people most people don't like it. Oh yes. Okay, I'm interested to hear. <laughs> um. Yeah, I guess the way I'm thinking of it, like, for me, it was unique because a lot of the stuff I like is, like, miniseries or, um, uh, but or I guess call the way it now, I, limited series. Yeah. Um, some of these are being renewed, though. I, I guess, um, let me, let me look at my list. Okay. All of mine are... All either a, sh- a a show that started in 2022. It's a new show for that started in 2022, or it is a new season. There's only one of these that this is the case. A new season that premiered in 2022. It's like the 2022 season of that show. So all your shows except for one debuted this year. Yes, they are new shows for 2022. Um, e- who wants to start? I just realized, should we flip a coin? We could. We haven't done that in a while. Let's see. Do I do have, right beside me, Old Faithful, our yes. lucky penny. That's um, right. Ooh, it's dusty. As you know, I always pick Tales, and I will say, uh, one of my shows is not Sonic Prime, but I watched the first episode, and it wasn't bad. Um, Sonic, like the Hedgehog? Sonic the Hedgehog? Yeah, there's a new... It just came out on Netflix. It, it didn't come out on Amazon Prime, but it's called Sonic Prime, and it's on Netflix. That 
Well, I was going to say, that's how you know, but Netflix doesn't do a good job advertising either. Uh, yeah. Um, apparently better than Amazon Prime did with um, Paper Girls. Yes, yes, that is that is true. Um, but yeah, I always pick Tails. If I win Tails, I will go first. Okay, we'll see what we get. All right. Now you could totally oh. scam me here, but I'm trusting you. It is heads. Wow. Let's gutted. see. I don't know if you can zoom. Yeah, no, I can see it. Yes. That's heads. That's Lincoln himself. Yes. <laughs> Old Honest Abe. That's right. Who we um, learned in our last unwanted answers. Well, they would be the one previous. Wasn't invited to the Flat Hat Club. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, I just listened to that the other day. <laughs> it's great. Yes. Um, so that means you can start us off. Yes. Well, I guess, I mean, I guess the thing could be that you get to choose because I could see you wanting to have the, the last the, the last grand finale, but... Uh-huh. No, because I think that... Look, I'm not going to lie. My number one is probably going to be something everyone knows. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I do know, but um, yeah. yeah, go ahead. All right. So remember how I said mine is going to get some people upset? Here is this it is. that one? Okay. This is my number I'm six. I'm excited. Yes. So, we you talk about, you sometimes make a certain fan base upset. Oh, yes, of Because of your course. love of a certain movie. Yes. Um, I am, well, you have to understand that I, I occupy a different fan base. I'm a <laughs> Ryan head, not a Star Wars head. So. Yes. But you are. Don't big- get me wrong. Star Wars is great. But I'm I'm a Johnson stan. Yes. So you are a big fan of Star Wars: The Last Jedi. I just I need to say that up there so we can get some of the hate on you before it comes to me. This podcast has mentioned that way too many times. <laughs> yes. For it to even matter, <laughs> everyone has been purged. If this is the first episode <laughs> that you've listened to of this show, it's never going to end. I will not shut up about The Last Jedi. Not necessarily that it is the best movie ever made, but mostly just that I think that it is uh, not the worst movie ever made. And I will never shut up about that. Yes. So why do I say that? Because my number six show is Obi-Wan Kenobi. It is... I'll say I think of the Disney era, it's the best thing from the Disney era. Now, I haven't seen Mandalorian. I haven't seen Book of Boba Fett, which I heard I probably shouldn't. And I haven't seen Andor. But for Andor me, is the one I've been hearing is really good. I heard, um, Yeah, but, I heard, I've heard people love that show. Um, but uh, the, here's the thing. I've been so tuned out because I can't stand hearing Star Wars fan negativity anymore that I didn't know that this show was not liked. Oh, okay. Yeah, people have been very upset about it. Um okay. Sometimes I think that maybe because it is, I I almost think there's way too much baggage of Star Wars because it's never going to be as good as the original trilogy. It's just nothing will ever be as good. So maybe let's lower some expectations. But um, but for me, if if you were to say what would you want from a Star Wars TV show, this Obi Wan Kenobi show is what I w- I would want. I thought it did such a great job of kind of combining, for me, well, when I think of Star Wars, the two eras I think of 
are unfortunately the prequels and um, the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. And Ewan McGregor was great again as Obi-Wan. I think if you were going to have a protagonist for a show outside Luke Skywalker, Obi-Wan was a great choice. Um, they had... You know, I don't know if I said My favorite character in all of Star Wars is Darth Vader. He is my favorite. And they did some great stuff with Darth Vader. His introduction makes him look like a villain from a horror movie. He is mm-hmm. so just powerful and awesome and... One of the things that you see in the show is Obi-Wan real is Obi-Wan kind of so in the beginning of the show Obi-Wan feels like he has failed because mm-hmm. because of him Anakin died. Yeah. And that's brought up with Uncle Owen because he wants to train Luke to be a Jedi and Uncle yeah. Owen was like, "No, after what you did with Anakin, no freaking way, Obi-Wan." And that you have, I think it's the ending of episode one, Obi-Wan finds out, like, oh, no, Anakin's alive. He's Darth Vader. And you see just, like, this pain. Just like, oh, my God, it's even worse than I thought. And once again, Princess Leia, who I'm surprised made it to 60 because she gets kidnapped a lot. But um, Princess Leia, he's got to go kidnap Leia. And you feel like there's this... What? You said he's got to go kidnap Leia. He's got to go save Leia. That's what (laughs) I meant. So, are you frozen again? Did I just lose internet? Am I not moving? I can see you moving. Oh, okay. So, we'll keep going. No, you're you're kind of frozen right now. Am I? Just like a pondering look on your face. I'm moving a lot right now. Um, no, you you okay. you're frozen, right? Okay, I just wanted to make sure that you could still hear me, and we weren't. That's weird. The connection wasn't gone. Since my video is fine and I'm the one recording, I'm hoping that that means that we're good. But okay, uh, hopefully I unfreeze. <laughs> yeah, you just have this confused look, just like oh, oh no, pondering. Right now. Oh no. <laughs> so he's gotta go save Leia, and it was great because this was his chance. I oh, there you go, working again. Oh, I'm, okay. I had to turn off my camera yeah. and turn it back on. Anyway, and. It's like his chance to kind of make up for what happened mm-hmm. with, you know, Anakin. And yeah. there was a great flashback to them during the Attack of the Clones time. And the ending, not the actual final scene, that was kind of pointless. But the ending itself was great. It just, it was everything I've ever wanted from a Star Wars show. And look, I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan in the world, but it was just like, Every week I couldn't wait to watch it, and I always left very satisfied. And if this is the only Star Wars show I ever watched, maybe it will be, but I I was so just, like, satisfied with this show. I thought they did a great job. I was, in my opinion, it's the best thing from Star Wars outside the original trilogy, so... There we go. That's how we can get some hate. Yeah, you make it sound really great. You know what? I think the best thing of Star Wars outside the original trilogy is Ryan Johnson's The Last Jedi from 2017. Oh, yes. uh, and I do really think that. Um, but yeah, no, that, I mean, that sounds really good. I'll have to check it out. I mean, the, that plot sounds really, really great. And I Obi-Wan Kenobi is one of my favorite characters. So, <clears throat> so yeah. There we go. My number six, right. Obi-Wan Kenobi. 
And mine is, um, I think part of the reason this is so low is because I've honestly seen, I think, three or four episodes, um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I do really love it. Um, uh, so, and it's a silly pick, but it just makes me very happy. And um, so, I want to say 2013, 2014-ish, a web short came out called Bee and Puppycat, which was like... Um, it probably I can't even remember now, but it maybe had some animators who had worked on like Adventure Time or some Cartoon Network shows or something. But this was just a web short uh, put on YouTube. It was just like five minutes long called Bee and Puppy Cat. And I loved that just short, that five minute short. I would watch it over and over again. And I thought it was so funny. And the animation was so great. And the characters are so great. Um it was really a big hit that just that one short and um, it they tried making it into like a full on web series like that would just be uploaded to YouTube and they like changed all the character designs and it Ooh. was like it was like you had something great going for like 10 minutes and instead of continuing that you're like time to reboot <laughs> like what? you had a short you had a like five ten minute short. Just continue doing... So it never felt like it really... And I always personally considered it like that short was a great thing in my life. They didn't capture the magic when they started the web series. Just that one short. They did, however, start from the drawing board again and have a full-on Netflix show called Bee and Puppy Cat with like 20-something minute episodes. It's a full-on animated series now, and it totally captures the magic of that original short. Um, a lot of the beats of that original short are in the f- the pilot of this. It's not really a pilot, I guess. The first episode of this. Um, and I'm just so happy that they got it right this time. It's wonderful and cute and funny. Um, so, yeah. I highly recommend it if one is into that kind of thing. So, yeah, that's my, that's my number six, Bee and Puppy Cat. Oh, yes. I was just looking up what it is on wikipedia yeah <clears throat> it's uh i mean it was kind of it's never going to be something that's super popular uh but netflix will luckily throw money behind almost anything so um luckily that this time that thing was a kind of niche small fan base like internet web short that kind of became an internet cult classic amongst a small community and now it's a full-on animated series so uh, I thought it was great. Oh yes. And there's so mine. I su- suppose I go on to my next thing. Yeah. And look, my next thing is a show that's clearly past its prime, but still, <clears> once <throat> in a while, is able to deliver some really strong episodes, and that is the Flash, the CW's Flash. So. Obviously, look, after Crisis on Infinite Earths, this show has really struggled creatively. I think that going forward with Eric Walsh as showrunner has been a mistake. But every once... Because he is a much... he When he writes a single episode, he's a very good writer. I just don't think he's a good showrunner. He, again, he, when it, sometimes when it's a standalone episode he writes, he does a very good job writing. He's just mm-hmm. not a very good showrunner. Mm-hmm. But once in a while, it just, it still is able to crank out. Like, I would say, 
out of four episodes, like two or three are still pretty strong. And, you know, this season they had some really strong ones. I The two that stand out to me were um, one where this dude... This did one... you did you say what it is? I can't remember. Oh, the Flash, the CW's Flash. Okay, I can't remember if you did say what it was and I missed it or or what, but yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, yes. Yeah. Probably good to repeat it a few times. But uh the Flash I one uh, there's two episodes that really stand out to me as being like really strong. I would say just like 10 out of 10 like really strong episodes. Um one is an episode where this dude's dad Everyone, the cops arrest this dude's dad, and the dude is just like, "No, I know my father didn't do that," and that hits very hard for Barry because his dad went to prison for his mom's murder, even though Barry knew his dad didn't commit the crime. So it was all about like Barry trying to solve this case. And again, the strong, unfortunately, the problem with the show now is that there's standalone episodes that have nothing to do with the season arc are the good ones. It's the uh, season arc itself that is just truly awful. Well, yeah, that's not a great thing to be awful, but good. good yeah. that at least it's good. Yeah, so, and, you know, everyone was kind of just like, Barry, it's not working, and um, it was a very good episode. It really rem- took me back to the really strong days of the first five seasons. Another one I would say is in the top ten shows that the episodes the show has ever had is one where um, the Flash is like some villain is stealing something, Flash gets hit with something, and he's aging internally. So he has to figure out what to do to stop his aging inside. And the whole episode was about like kind of like slowing down and enjoying the moment. And it was really like one of those, it was a perfect combination of like humor and heart that is what made the show work the first five seasons and everyone online, even people who are just like, Oh, screw this show. It should have been canceled. Like after season one, everyone agrees. That was the episode of the season. It was in their top 10 episodes they've ever done. So, and just look, the flash clearly has dropped in quality, but I will say, unlike say arrow or Supergirl, when they dropped in quality, they really dropped. The Flash, even though it has dropped in quality, it still is able to... You know, if you binge watch five episodes, you'll at least get one or two that are still really strong. So, yeah, Flat, <clears throat> The Flash would be number five. All right. Um, you know, glad to... At least it's not... At least it's not bad. It's good enough to make a list like this. Yes. Uh, he, my next thing is something that's also not bad. Um, I think it's pretty good. Well, um, I would certainly hope so if we're talking <clears throat> the best of the year. <laughs> yeah, I, I really liked this show. Um, it is very, very recent, and, uh, if I were to say, let me see if this works, what would you say is, because uh, this spot on my list is to a very, very popular show that a lot of people like right now. Um, what would you say is the show right now, the brand new show that everyone on the internet's talking about, and there's all kinds of memes of, and is very popular and discussed a lot? Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> a show that people are discussing a lot. Brand new show. Uh, boy, there's, there's 1893. 
there is. is... It's just I'm hard trying. to see. It's just hard to know if if people are as bombarded with it as me. There is so many. I mean, I know people talk about that Cuphead show. Um, I, I I should have watched that. No, this is just this show. I I. It's fine. It's just to me this show. It was like so many people were talking about it. I have a feeling uh, once that, you say it, I'll be like, yeah, crap. Prob- I, pro- I you probably that. will. Um. Uh. It was something where I was like, I was interested and I wanted to watch it, um, but it, it was also kind of a thing where it was like, is it Sandman? okay, I'll finally watch it. Uh, no, it is no. Wednesday. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> um, yes, Wednesday. The I, Can you say spinoff of Adam's Family where yeah. it's about well, Wednesday? Well, more Adams. reboot. Yeah, um, it definitely. Um, Combining two of my favorites... Um, creators from two of my favorite superheroes. You got Tim Burton from Keaton's Batman yeah. and Alfred Goff and Miles Millar from Smallville. Yeah, yeah that is true. Yeah, also, it, it is directed Riders by Tim Spider-Man Burton. Too. Um, have you seen it? I have not seen it. Yeah. It's one I'll get to someday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll say it. I, I thought it was great. Um, I'm, I don't have like a huge connection with the Adams Family. I'm definitely familiar. I've definitely seen some Adams Family. Familiar with the characters, um, but I like not the the biggest knowledge. So it's like I can't say like, oh, how, how did they stick true to this character in this new version? I thought that the whole family, even though you don't see most of them for most of it, because it's centered so much around Wednesday, um, they're still all so good. I thought the casting was great, um, and. It also has a thing, like, I could see that, I think a lot of people, when I see discussions online, have a sensitive spot where, like, they're really irked when there are teenagers in, like, when stuff is about teenagers, and, like, the dialogue that people write for teenagers, like, feeling inaccurate or untrue, or being kind of cringe, or, (laughs) uh... Very Riverdale-like. Yeah, like, people point to shows like Riverdale and stuff, um... This show kind of has some of that. It feels like a very like teenager show, and that's probably the audience. So that's one reason it doesn't bother me, but it also just isn't something that bothers me in general, even though I do not like uh, Riverdale and stuff. But um, this is at least, you know, more of a, a comedy, uh, and it's, it's also mainly, it's not like drop-dead funny most of the time. <laughs> drop-dead funny. Um, but it is an interesting mystery, uh, and it's great, like, world building, um, and, uh, it was, it was, it was good. I don't know, I don't know what else to say. It was, like I said, great casting, uh, everything looked great, the sets were great, the world building was great, um, and it was just, uh, uh, it was just fun. It, the only thing that I could see lacking, like I said, is some of the writing choices being kind of like like mentioning like, oh, I'm, uh, I saw this on their TikTok and like just all like modern references and stuff where I'm just like, that wasn't necessary. <laughs> um, I want this set in the 20th <laughs> century. Yeah, they definitely they made it clear that this is the 20th century. Like one of the things in it you mean was 21st that, like, century. Sorry, sorry, 21st century. 20 yeah, 21st century. 
Um, one of the things in it was that like people would comment that Wednesday doesn't own a phone and how weird that was. Um, oh. <laughs> and like, yeah, so she like didn't have a smartphone, uh, which, which, which was still, I thought, I thought that was like a pretty funny and character thing, even though they were trying to do a lot of modern referential things. In yeah. It. Um, which, you know, was hit or miss in it, but that's really my only complaint. It was overall a really, really fun show. And there that's my go. number five, I guess. Wednesday. That's right. Yeah. So, I guess I'll go on my next thing. So, I was debating about bringing this up because a new season, new season's over. Season mm-hmm. three of a show. I've only seen a few, I think I've only seen three episodes of it, but one of them is my favorite episode this show's ever done. So, I will bring it up. It's a show that every time there's a new season, I'm like, Ugh, is it going to kind of lose? Because it's a very tough show to get right. Every time I'm like, Ugh, is this when we fi- it finally drops? So far, no. That is season three of Harley Quinn. That's right. So, I need um, to catch up. That's right. So we have Harley Quinn. Now she's Dame Poison Ivy getting the gang back together and this show i every time i am so shocked because (laughs) i i I can't believe it works like this should this show should be awful Uh, yeah but yet because of such brilliant writing it's great yeah and look obviously i think over time the joke's gonna get a little old i think it'll kind of run its course like the adam west batman show did but Mm -hmm. it's still very strong and I've mentioned to you, it to you, like uh, I think when it aired. But my favorite episode this show's ever done is when Harley wants to kind of bring her team together. So she decides we're going to an escape room, mm-hmm. and who is also going to take the team to an escape room? Batgirl is taking Batman and the Bat Family <laughs> to an escape room <laughs> that is run by spoiler. I won't say what it was, who it is, but. And the groups are split up, and we see Batman and Clayface together in an escape room. I think uh, the Damian Wayne Robin is there, too. Because Dick Grayson's now Nightwing. He's in that episode, too. Cool. And um, there's this great line about... So, oh, oh, Clayface. My favorite character who's not Batman, Clayface, in the show... He he's found his next role. He wants to be in a show in the movie about the murder of the Waynes. Yeah. Directed by James Gunn, who appears <laughs> in the show as the director. Oh. <laughs> and, um he like um his job is to be James Gunn's chair cuz you know, he can transform into anything. So yeah. <laughs> he is James Gunn's chair. And in the escape room, Clayface talks about how he must uh, get going because he has been cast to be in the movie about the Wayne murders and Batman is just like my god they milked that story lo- so long can't they let that poor family rest in peace oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like this this is peak Harley Quinn like this is the best of this show this is right here is the best episode they've ever done <laughs> that's really good and there's an upcoming episode <clears throat> I haven't seen yet I mean up the sh- Whole season's out. I've only seen the first three episodes. I'm looking forward to getting to the rest. But everyone talks about this one episode. And 
I kind of know what it's about, but the title is perfect. It's called Batman Begins Forever. <laughs> it's about like his or it's like finally delving into a little bit of the Batman origin oh, story. So that's awesome. I just like I I can't believe the source. And you know, Kaylee Cuoco, great as Harley Quinn, Diedrich Bader, as always, great as Batman. Um, I just. James Gunn, you know, he's actually pretty good. I think it I think it is him voicing himself in there. Actually pretty yeah. good voice acting Makes in the show. Sense. I just I I am shocked. It's coming back for season 4. Cool. We'll see what happens cuz obviously there's a lot of changes going on with DC, but Yeah. I, I every time I'm just like I can't believe this show works. I can't yeah. believe it. They've really captured lightning in a bottle with this one. <laughs> Yeah, it really felt that way. It was just like, and it just worked so well. It was, it was just yes. like, um, it's just like one of those times you can tell that they just got the exact right group of people together to do it. And that's like, it works both as a superhero show and as a comedy. Yeah. So take that, all those MCU shows and movies. <laughs> yes. That, 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 yeah, that's, that is absolutely the case. Um, yeah. Anything else on that? Yeah, I really oh, no, I think that's pretty up. much what I have to say for Harley Quinn. <clears throat> All right. My number four is, um, uh, so in the last few years since the start of the show, the like director, writer, creator that I look to for TV, that it's always my like most anticipated TV thing. Ever since the release of The Haunting of Hill House, Mike Flanagan, all of his work, uh, collaborations with this amazing group of uh, actors and uh, that kind of recur in all of uh, the series. Um, I love the uh i what is it people started calling it like the flaniverse which is so stupid <laughs> but i think it's supposed to be stupid um uh another one of his shows uh and the the group's shows um came out this year called <laughs> wait i always want to call it either is it the midnight club or the midnight society i don't even know i always get it mixed up it's the Midnight Club. Um, that came out this year. Uh, oh, before I forget, you know what also came out this year? What? A new version of our favorite tale, <laughs> Lady Chatterley's Lover. <laughs> Whoa, really? That's <laughs> yes. tantalizing. We'll save that for a, a special episode. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, the Midnight Club. Uh, the, 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 the This year's Mike Flanagan... Uh, thing which he has a very distinct uh, like writing style and way of doing characters and um uh oh feel to all of his stuff that i think a lot of people are really drawn to and everything is so so character driven which is really what makes horror that horror at its best is when it's completely character driven i think so that's why <clears throat> Um, I was obviously very excited for this and I will say like looking back, I really think the haunting of Hill house, the haunting of Bly Manor, midnight mass, those first three 
genuinely, I would rate every one of those shows 10 out of 10s. They are all perfect stories and, and TV shows to me. Um, so I love the Midnight Club. Um, I think it's great. I, I, I wouldn't rate it a 10 out of 10. So even though it's like my least favorite of them, it's still really good. I do feel like I need to watch it again because I feel like I maybe never got totally invested and I don't know if that's on me because I was like distracted during it or because it just wasn't as grabbing to me. It's I mean, it's different in that, like uh, the the character drivenness. It's it's all based around some kids um, and uh, they they are all in a like basically like a hospice center. They're all like terminally ill kids telling scary stories at night. Like, uh, like, uh, what was that old show or get around, uh, Goosebumps? Are, are you, are you afraid of the dark? Oh. Or they, every episode, like get around a campfire and tell scary stories. Um, they have this kind of club and, um, they tell scary stories, but there's also something scary going on. So, um, <clears throat> and it's again, very character driven, very Mike Flanagan and the characters are great. And, uh, I think it just maybe doesn't feel as cohesive or driving towards a point. Like you don't know where it's going as much. Not that that's a bad thing, but, um, but, uh, really excellent writing is always, um, really scary. And, um, I'm definitely going to watch it again to try and catch more and understand it better because I always watch these multiple times. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the midnight club. Oh yes, there it is. Which did you say? Is it on Netflix or? Yeah, all of them are. Um, yep. All right. So I guess I'll go to my number three. Um, Gotta mention it every time we bring up what was the best of TV. It is once again we had another strong year of The Simpsons. So, so many great episodes that happened this year. I would say the two, the one episode that sticks out to me the most is a two-parter, and I remember being excited because it said viewer discretion is advised. I was like, oh, okay, what is this? It's like a parody of like these dark dramatic shows and. All so many of the characters, because it's out of continuity, so many characters die these horrible, violent deaths, and there's like a mystery that Ned Flanders is trying to solve, and it's <laughs> awesome. Like you see Homer one time gets kidnapped, and uh, Ned has to go save him or something, and so much death and destruction. But <laughs> oh, it was great. And this year we also had the Krusty the Clown it parody. And it completely lived up to the hype. It was awesome. awesome. It was everything I I was hoping for it to be. Um, it, it's tough to remember off the top because there's like so many episodes that come out in a year of The Simpsons. But you know, every because you know some people complain like, oh, it's dropped in quality. I'll I'll be honest. I think the 2010s and now is like the best era the show's ever had. I would say 90s was great. It's my second favorite. I'd say the worst was the 2000s. But it is still like some of the best writing 
I've ever seen for a TV show. So mm-hmm. Simpsons, I, I don't remember what it was. Oh, this season, Homer also got stuck in like conspiracy theories. He became <laughs> a conspiracy theorist as everyone tried to solve the mystery of the hidden tur- of the missing turtle from the zoo. <laughs> and it was just, I mean, unfortunately, this year also had one episode that joined one of the five only five episodes I don't like of this show, but other than that, it just, it fired on all cylinders this year. It was such a strong year for The Simpsons, so every time, I always gotta give a little tip of the hat to The Simpsons (laughs) for another strong year. Awesome, and another year of further away from me ever, like, watching all of it. Not that anyone (laughs) would expect me to. I did watch, uh, I made it through season four pretty recently, um, and I'm so glad that I do have so much to catch up on. <laughs> it's nice because uh, you'll you'll always be just be like, um, well, I don't have to worry about writing out of episodes. Like I've been mm-hmm. going through Curb Your Enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Right now I'm <clears throat> on season eleven. And I'm like, no, season ten. I'm like, all right, after this, nineteen episodes left, and <laughs> then I have to wait for season twelve to come. Yeah. Uh, great. Yeah. Um, yeah, The Simpsons, it's, it's, is a classic. Um, yes. and my next one, <clears throat> my number three is the one I mentioned, the only one on my list that is not, um, a brand new show that started this year. It is the fourth season of a show, uh, all of it was released in this year. That is Stranger Things Season oh, yes. 4. Um, I thought this was a great season. Um, I uh, The only season that I was kind of on was season two, and I thought three and four were both great directions for the show. Um, season four, I was completely entranced by and loved it for the, for the first up to like final two episodes, maybe. And don't get me wrong, the whole thing is great. I think that it was a, a, a good season, a good story there, a good story arc, um, and uh, very tense, scary, good. Um, in the last like couple episodes, in, in fact, I, I finished the second to last episode, and then there's like an hour and a half long finale episode, <laughs> um, and I actually stopped, I, I took a break for like over a week and then watched the finale. Because I think there was part of me, I realized later, that was, like, starting to get worn out on the formula of it. Like, I started to feel like this show's kind of... I kind of hope season five is the last season. Because it's starting to feel like just a formula. They have this this formula for how to do an episode. And it gets kind of repetitive. In the last couple episodes, I was noticing, like, it's even multiple times an episode, this, like, ebb and pull of, like, them, like, uh, like, either the kids or the adults, like, in the, in the A and B and even, like, C plot, um, will come up to an issue, and then they'll be like, oh, gosh, what do we do? This is, this is ruining our entire plan, and then suddenly one person is like, wait, (laughs) this will be how to solve it, and everyone's like, Yes, you came up with a good idea. We have to do that now. And then later... Power teamwork. And then later, they will get to the next problem. 
when they enact that plan and they're like, oh, crap. And then a different character has their time to shine. And they're like, wait, I remembered something. And now I'm going to go on a monologue for two minutes explaining we need to do this. This is the weakness of the monster. I can't believe I just thought of it. And it's like this this back and forth of like every episode is that happening over and over again. Um, and um I just thought that was a funny observation that I was starting to feel towards the end of it. That, uh, but it, it, the show works. It's a, it's, it's one of my favorite shows for a reason. And, uh, I hope they land it with, I think season five is supposed to be the last season. So I thought I heard that too. So I hope they land it with this last season. It's been a good show. Season four, um, also very good. So that's, that's my number three. All right, so I guess I'll go into my number two now. And my number two is the revival of a show from the 90s. It is an animated series I hold dear and close to my heart. And I, when it was first announced, I was like, can they recapture that magic from the 90s? Mm-hmm. And they did. And that is Hulu's revival of Animaniacs. So, Ooh, yeah. Yes, yeah, so... I've I've seen like a few episodes of this season. I'll be honest, I got the DVD season one, and I subscribed to Hulu for season two. So I've been jumping back and forth. So I don't really remember which is season one and which is season two. So, uh, again, this show, it feels like it was made from that original run and has been put in the vault, and we've just been waiting so long for it to come out. It feels it. It really does capture that magic from the original 90s show, and I'm very impressed with what they've been able to do. They've had some great storylines um, this season, and I was a big... Th- I'm really happy they, that they include Pinky and the Brain in every episode. Some of those are some of the best Pinky and the Brain stuff that we've ever <coughs> seen. I think I think it was this season they had, um like... Pinky and the Brain were like TV stars going through like all these different sitcoms from different eras. And it was like a, I, I, it's been a while since I've seen that one, but I think it was like a true Hollywood life thing. I just remember was watching me yeah. like, this is brilliant. This is one of the best Pink in the Brain things I've ever done. And <laughs> unfortunately it's coming to an end next season, but it's been a great run and I'm very glad that we've been able to have the return <clears throat> Of the Warner siblings and Pinky and the Brain. That's awesome. Um, sorry. Um, yeah, I, I heard that that was very good. But uh, I was going through a little bit of a crisis during the beginning of that. because I did I, see that. I was like, <laughs> what is going on? I suddenly, it smacked me across the head that I forgot genuinely one of my, it's my new number two. Of, of the year okay um now this is gonna be number three but i i just had to think like oh god where am i gonna put it um i have to reorder everything i can't believe i didn't think of it it would either be my number one or my number two um because i would say that the f- the first episode of this series um is my favorite episode of television of this entire year I will have to get into that. I just like could I can't believe I didn't think of that. It should have been when I thought 
what are the best t- like TV things uh, that came out this year? I, it it should have been Bam Bam. Those are the two I think of, <laughs> and I I don't know why. Like, I guess it transcends TV. It's greater than TV. I'll get into it though. But my number three now, because um, I've added one. So um, my new okay. So seven is being Puppy Cat. Six is Wednesday. <laughs> Five is The Midnight Club. Four is Stranger Things Season 4. That's fitting. Three is where we're at now. <clears throat> this is a, a really fantastic show. It's something I probably brought up maybe in a couple of uh, upcoming, uh, because, upcoming episodes because it is one of my most anticipated pieces of media that I've just been waiting for year after year. And that is, you said the name of it earlier, The Sandman. Yes. Uh, The Sandman, I am so glad to say, is incredible. Um, I read through the entire comic series over the last few years, and I've, I've loved it ever since. It's a great series. And the, uh, net Netflix show luckily is incredible. Um, I love all the characters. I love, um, just the way they're doing things. I think I mentioned like, um, like in the, in the, in the comics, I would sometimes be like, um, like almost like I'm zoning out. Like what we're talking about Greek mythology now what's happening. (laughs) And so I was like wondering if the Netflix show would be more just straightforward story driven. But and it's it's actually not, but I'm I'm glad it's not because it actually does capture some of the like dis you could almost call it disjointedness of the comics where it'll be telling it feels like like here's a whole episode where like the plot isn't necessarily advancing and there's this whole side story. There's a whole episode that's like a bottle episode where the villain goes to um, a diner and like uses powers to control people in the diner um basically and the whole thing like it's a pause from the very like um um more like fast-paced and like getting on to the next thing uh uh they need to find something and they're like trying to like question people and get to it and and then suddenly a whole episode that stops and you're just left with sandman is barely in it it's just the villain going to this diner and it's the like the most intense and horrifying episode of the whole thing and that's the kind of thing that the comic books did too where it was like and it, a little bit comic booky, where like here's an issue where like we're gonna detour from the the main storyline and tell this other story. Um, that was a, an amazing episode, and the the show is full of things like that, where it's just like um, each episode feels very distinct. Like there's the one that's talking uh, with his sister Death the whole time and going from person to person and learning about her. There's a whole episode where they're just going to and in hell and have to do like this tournament thing. Um, it's, uh, it captures a lot of the, the, uh, unpredictability and, uh, intenseness and strangeness of the graphic novel, the comic series. And, um, 
is itself really well translated to screen actually with really incredible cast and direction and i am just really happy that this is an excellent adaptation so there it is um yes are you on your edge with on the edge of your seat waiting to find out if it gets renewed uh i would say i am um yeah i i would love for there to be more Oh, yes. So that was your number two, right? Well, no, no, it's my number three now. Oh, right, right. (laughs) I cheated. I guess we'll move on to your number two then. Oh, yeah, because, uh, yeah, that'll put us back on track. I'll I'll go right into my number two then. The show that I forgot, and I (laughs) I can't believe that I forgot it. I I think, yeah, I think I brought it up before um, uh, on the show. Um, It came out of nowhere for me, but one of my... uh, favorite shows now i honestly it became one of my favorite well sorry i'm one of my favorite this is a separate thought one of my favorite shows has become nathan for you nathan fielder's weird reality like almost i guess prank show but uh it's fantastic this year came out the show the rehearsal on hbo max and this was like taking some of the formula and the comedy of nathan for you and turning it into, like, a magnum opus of, like, <laughs> just taking that to such an extreme, like, just th- this reality show on steroids kind of thing that is, like, a lot of people at the time who were fans of Nathan For You were calling this, like, a masterpiece and saying that, like, this is the best thing he's done and that it was, uh, like, s- such a trippy, like exploration of like humans under pressure and in reality and the the human experience and stuff and all this deep stuff but really i think the perfect thing about this show is the first episode uh it stands alone in a way uh the rest of the series and that's why as highly as that praise is it's not my number one i think simply because it starts to peter out it feels like maybe i think maybe the pandemic hitting may have changed some plans because the concept of the show that they clearly lay out in episode one is we have found a a real person who has a problem and to help them fix this problem we're going to create rehearsals for them to train this problem so in the first episode there's a man who has um lived a lie for like the last 15 years where his trivia group that he sees every week thinks that he has a master's degree and he's felt guilty about lying about that his whole life because he lied that he had a master's degree to get into the group and he wants to confess and say like hey i don't actually have a master's degree and so In the rehearsal, uh, Nathan Fielder blows the HBO budget on recreating the bar where they play trivia in perfection, like (laughs) down to every detail, recreating the bar and having this guy come in and rehearse with actors who have all uh, like he like he went to the real bar saw like the number of people work there and like how what it looks like and paid actors to function at like a real bar 
he also had someone there's some ethically dubious stuff here because he also <laughs> had an actress like meet up with one of the women in his trivia group to study her and try and act perfectly as her oh um, wow. <laughs> so now they rehearse over and over and over again day after day him confessing to this actress who's playing <laughs> his friend and then the big night happens where he's going to confess to the real person and he's had all of this uh, training. That's like the first episode and it's amazing. And even if someone doesn't want to watch the whole show, I just recommend that one episode. You get the <laughs> idea of the show and a, the main like morals and lessons that you take from it, which is much deeper than just being this weird prank, um, are all told in this first episode. Um, I kind of get the sense that maybe every single episode was supposed to be another one of these, but the entire <laughs> other five episodes of the series are kind of, there's one other rehearsal that takes a little bit of time in all of the other episodes that they stretched out to five episodes as like a B plot. Um, and then there's one other rehearsal that they do. And then, like, the last two or three episodes is just that B-plot turned into the A-plot. Um, so it feels like they stretched it out a little, but that's still... Um, it, those are still amazing because the woman who's the subject of the rehearsal in that second episode and for the rest of the, the, the series, essentially, is such an absolutely interesting uh, specimen of... Uh, uh, she's a real life character. She, I just don't know what else to say. Uh, <laughs> she, she's unbelievable. You would think someone would, would have, it's hard to believe that they didn't just write it, but I think it's real because she has like social media and she appears to really be like that. Um, but it, it is just, it's such an unbelievable show that my jaw was dropping every week when it, um, would come out and drop it like midnight or something and I'd be watching it and just like couldn't believe the stuff I was seeing that just every episode especially the first but every episode was just like how far are they going to take this how weirdly like manipulative uh and um uh blowing blowing a budget and like obsessive compulsive are they going to get with this concept um and it was just like unlike anything else on tv this year i think um and i, I would sometimes explain to people in my life what this show is and i was so obsessed with it and i was just like this is amazing this is what it is and people would be <laughs> like and you like that what is the, this i don't get like it sounds unreal they to were people. like aaron when she met holly in the office i don't get it yeah yeah that's what people are like where where i feel like i explain it and i would i would expect people to go like i have to watch it right now that's insane <laughs> um but i guess just not everyone uh wants to see a uh mass scale uh manipulation done by a psychopathic deadpan comedian um it's amazing, uh, and uh, it solidified Nathan Fielder as one of my favorite comedians. Um, I just, I, I can't get enough of his style of comedy. Um, it's really kind of 
gone on to define like my style of humor these days. Uh, I, I think it is really excellent. So, and I think part of it being so weird might be why I kind of forgot about it. <laughs> so that's my number two. All right. So here it is. The big ones. Mm-hmm. So for anyone who's ever listened to this show, it's probably not going to be a surprise what my number one is. I think maybe you might know what it is. Maybe not right now, but then once uh, I say it, you'll be like... Well, I think I do. It's another season of a show, right, that has existed, yeah. and it's a show that's one of your favorite shows on television right now. Yes. Okay. So I know what my, it is. Okay, <laughs> so my number one is season two of Superman Lois. Yes, yeah. So... You know, once again, it, it just, it does such a great job of showing why Superman is such a great character, and they introduced one of my favorite villains, Bizarro, and that was awesome to see. Now, I'll be honest, it, it it's kind of similar to Smallville Season 2, where overall, I prefer Season 1, but I think Season 2 had some of the better episodes. So, like, I think season two delivered some of our best episodes. Though, I, overall, I think the storyline of season one is a bit better. They had this really interesting cult storyline with Lois's sister, Lucy. And, you know, at first the villain was great, and then kind of you towards the end you're like, mm, there's not really that much that Superman can do in this type of situation. But... Mm-hmm. Overall, still very strong season. Um, I would say, you know, there is one moment. It's an episode where Clark loses his powers. Mm-hmm. And he has to go address the people of Smallville as Superman. And there's a moment where he goes to the crowd and, you know, speaks as Superman. And I just remember just, like, having goosebumps because now obviously Tom Welling didn't get to do this because he wasn't fully Superman in Smallville, but when he walked into like in front of that crowd as Superman, I had never seen someone like just like carry themselves in a scene like that since Christopher Reeve. Mm-hmm. Like you had moments like that with Dean Kane, you had moments like that in Superboy, and they tried that with Henry Cavill, but. I just had, I've never seen an actor since Christopher Reeve play a character, just speaking in front of the character so much of just like, my God, this feels just like Superman. And look, I'm going to say something I've been debating about saying. Something Mm -hmm. I've been debating about. I'm just saying this now, and I have every right to change my mind. Mm -hmm. I think after these two seasons... I think Tyler Hecklin might be my favorite Superman of all time. Wow. I I mean I, I have to sit on it, but he might be. Yeah. Like I would say the the big three are Christopher Reeve, Tom Welling, and Tyler Hecklin, but he might be my favorite one now. Yeah. I, I really <laughs> have to sit and think on it, but he might be my favorite. Yeah, yeah, big stuff. Yeah, so overall this was a great season. I will say something that mm, I think that something that might have hurt this season is they did, like, a multiverse storyline. 
and I think I think a lot of fans, including myself, are kind of feeling like multiverse is game played out. Mm-hmm. Like especially like we all love Spider Man No Way Home, right? And we're you know, Michael Keaton coming back in the flash, awesome. And I love multiverse in general. But once you get Doctor Strange too, which doesn't do it that well, mm-hmm. you kinda like uh, you kind of getting sick of it. And yeah, I, I think fans are getting sick of it in general. Yeah, and again, I think it. I think it's different if, um, you know, I I don't know. I just think that I honestly, I think Doctor Strange too kind of deflated a lot of like the, it, like I'm excited for the Flash and Michael Keaton. I'm excited for Spider Verse, but I think, I think Doctor Strange kind of unfairly may have hurt Superman Lois too. Again, still a great season. It's not it's, it's not its fault cuz it it did multiverse much better than Doctor Strange 2, but I think mm-hmm. I think there's a feeling of it's getting a little played out yeah. right now. And like the last two good Spider-Man movies were multiverse and it's just but you know, overall still a great season and I'm we'll bring it up in our upcoming but season 3 of Superman Lois Sounds like the best. I'll say it sounds like it might be the best season of superhero television ever. What they have mm-hmm. planned. So Hell yeah, again, cool. number. I, I'm so impressed with this show. It just when you think about how it had to follow Smallville, and it's it's as good as Smallville. It just because you can't beat perfection, but mm-hmm. it just I there is something magical about whenever the CW tells a Clark Kent story. Uh huh. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, great show. Um, so, um, yeah. And, uh, I will move on to my big number one then. Yes. Uh, my number one is, um, involves, uh, you know, uh, yours involves one of the most famous characters of all time, Superman. Uh, m- mine involves one of the great, the biggest, most well-known characters of history? Question um, mark. Fictionalized, uh, okay. Te- technically, because um, my number one movie, it show. Sh- my number <laughs> one, God, my number one show is a little comedy about Blackbeard the Pirate and some other pirates. It is a show on HBO Max called Our Flag Means Death. Our Flag Means Death? And if you haven't heard of it, it's a comedy, uh, action comedy, little romance about uh, the initial premise is... uh, it's a gang of pirates comedy, basically. But the initial premise is uh, the the gentleman pirate, as he's trying to be called. <laughs> the golden age um, of piracies when Wikipedia says yeah. it takes place. Yeah, um, because it's while Blackbeard exists. Um, there's the gentleman pirate, and he wants to be a pirate, but he wants to do it in a way that's more gentlemanly and not so mean and barbaric. So he wears Real quick, fancy I gotta clothing. ask this real quick, because yeah. it'll bother me if I don't ask. Mm-hmm. And I can look it up myself, but was Blackbeard real or is he just like a legend, like Robin Hood? That's one of those things that I like. 
he is real. Uh, like, I guess he's more like, um, I was going to say a joke that I'm not going to say. Um, <laughs> uh, he is a real figure. I think that his life has probably been very fictionalized and like marketed like, oh, he's the baddest player. All these crazy stuff happened. Like he was a legend that a lot of stuff about him was fiction, but he was a real person. There was a real Blackbeard. Yes. And the show does get into that um, because at one point in the show, Blackbeard meets the gentleman pirate. Um, and I'll oh, side note to say this is like a, a New Zealand production with Blackbeard as Taika Waititi. And uh, <laughs> the, like, I'd say main character is Riz Darby, who was also in What We Do in the Shadows and in a lot of the, like, New Zealand comedy gang sort of stuff. Um, so that's the type of comedy in the crowd we're dealing with here. Um, like, where What We Do in the Shadows is vampires, this is pirates. Um <clears throat> And the gentleman pirate, who's uh, Captain Steed, meets Blackbeard, and Blackbeard is so transfixed by, like, Steed's way of living that he doesn't have to be barbaric. He can just be himself. He can be express his feelings. Blackbeard is transfixed by it and decides to ditch his life of, like, barbarism-style piracy and join with Captain Steed and the gentleman pirate lifestyle and he too decides that he is into bright colors and fashion and fancy living and wants to learn um so which i think kind of gets into that like a lot of blackbeard was probably marketing <laughs> essentially <laughs> like that he was he wanted people to f because <clears throat> i hope this isn't considered a spoiler but um, at one point in the show, Blackbeard says, I've never killed someone before. I just spread. I'm, oh my I, God. <laughs> and then he just, he says like, oh, I've just been like selling myself as the meanest, baddest pirate around who's killed tons of people and done all this crazy stuff. But that's not who I am. And at I want to start when being When you said mean. he's been selling himself, I'm like, my God, is Blackbeard a prostitute? What was going <laughs> no. on? No. That's but, a very uh, different tale. That's not yeah, he's been air yeah, yeah, late. No, he, late he's been TV. marketing himself. Yes. Um. Uh. Yeah. That's kind of the the gist of the story. Um. It's really funny. And I don't say to anyone watching it, like the first episode introduces you to everything. When I was watching the first episode, I I can't say I was like laughing out loud or anything. Although on a second watch, I was. It's one of those things where you it just lays have to, the groundwork a lot. Yeah, it, it lays the groundwork, and the jokes don't necessarily land as much. I think on the first viewing of the first episode, because you really don't know the characters or what like what their point is. Uh, the style, like a a much worse show, could have some of the same jokes that are in the first episode. But where the show goes with it and you start to like live with these characters and like really fall in love with these characters and it just um, it's a chemistry unlike I have felt with characters in comedy for a long time. And I can't talk about this show without saying that <clears throat> part of what makes it so great is that there is 
an absolutely wonderful romance in this um in this show that genuinely like when it comes to like romance being in a comedy drama for me Jim and Pam is the classic example the gold standard it's it's a funny show and suddenly all you're all of a sudden some episodes being like oh my gosh this touches my heart this show has that in droves there is a romance in it that is my favorite like comedy TV like romance next to Jim and Pam um and I guess uh I mean yeah it's great um and on that note also like this show has gotten a lot of praise and a very dedicated fan base because it is like extremely like leaps and bounds above like any other show out uh this may it's leaps above most other shows that are out there in like LGBT representation and like tons of different identities um, that are all, it's just a very diverse show and it's gotten a lot of praise for being able to depict a lot of these things in a way that feels very real and isn't like tokenism or something. So it's been very highly praised in that regard um, and also highly praised as a comedy. So it is, uh, my favorite show that has come out this year. And also when, uh, my gang of friends who, uh, was watching this show, um, when we finished it, we looked it up and there was no second season confirmed. And the way the season ended, it was quite a cliffhanger and if it wasn't renewed, God, that would be awful. <laughs> Luckily, there was um, tons of fan response, and they confirmed, like, tons of fan requests, like, please, 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 renew it for a second season, internet campaigns and stuff, and they did confirm it for a second season, which is coming out next year. But we'll get into that in the upcoming. Yeah, it's HBO Max, so hopefully it comes out. Yeah, uh, you, you know, can, yeah, they can they can always just ditch something. Yes, they would never do that though, yeah. right? They no, wouldn't that, scrap no, something that's filmed. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it would got renewed in good. March, but hopefully, let's root for it to come out. Um, uh, wait, uh, our flag means death got renewed in March. Yeah, I didn't realize I'd watched it that long ago. Wow. So yeah, that would have been before the Discovery <laughs> merger. Yeah, okay. Well, people will not be happy if they don't put out the second season. I'll tell you that. Oh, they're I mean, already making a lot of people not happy. Yeah. But we can save that for some time we're not recording. Yeah. But, um, um, but yeah, without a doubt, this show is th- like, this show just s- s- like leapt straight into one of my favorite live action comedy TV shows. It's amazing. Is there anyone, like, any, like, writers who worked on, like, Office, Parks and Rec, or something like that? Um, like I said, I mean... it Was it just something you just found just because of the premise, or the you didn't premise, follow the, any of the writers or it, The premise in, in Taika Waititi. Oh, okay. Um, I'm, I'm wondering if he, because he acts in it, I wonder if he does also write. It seems like he would, um... Uh, 
I don't know. I actually don't know who David Jenkins is and what. Uh, he's made a show called People of Earth. I've never heard of it. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it definitely has, like, comedians that I like in it. Mainly oh, Taika directed the pilot. Oh. Oh, yes, yes, he directed the pilot. So, yeah. Oh, Leslie Jones is in it? Yeah, there's actually she a was lot one of the SNL. best on SNL. <laughs> yeah, she there's actually a lot of SNL cameos and stuff. Um, uh, I don't know. Why I said uh, SNL and then was about to list um, some people who are not, but like Nick Kroll <laughs> plays a character, Will Arnett plays a character, um, who kind of just show up mostly for just an episode. But um, there's a lot of great um, cast that show up on it show up in it over the course of the 10 episodes um so yes um fantastic that's my number one our flag means death oh yes so when did that get oh that got renewed like the day after the finale aired no the same day the finale aired Hmm. I wonder. It was. I'm trying to. I don't understand the timeline exactly then, because I just remember looking it up right after I finished watching the finale and seeing that it had not been renewed yet. But hmm, it doesn't feel like that timeline is right. But I could be crazy. <laughs> You're like we're living in alternate timeline right <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. So, guys, there we go. Looking back at the best of video games, music, and TV. So much good stuff came out in 2022. Right. That's but even, right. But even more exciting, because it just has to get more and more exciting. We yes. can't go down because then people won't tune in. Oh, exactly. So even more exciting is, uh, you know, tune into the next episode where we will be talking about our best movies of 2022 cinema that's right whether it be on the big screen or at home through a little streaming box or yeah what do you what do you do you use to stream are you apple tv or i have an android smart tv and it has all the stuff on it Um, oh okay in another room i have an amazon fire stick don't use that as often though you know, I have a Roku stick, but yeah. it feels like I have to always unplug it because it always overheats if I use it for a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. I, I After I moved into this apartment and got a smart TV um, with just the stuff on it so I didn't have to have an extra device, I was really happy with that. So, yeah. I'm an Apple TV one. Yeah. I used to use that all the time, but then it became very outdated. I have a, it was an old one. So. Oh, have you used the new one? The new one's really nice where you download apps and everything. And Yeah, and honestly, if I were to spend money on like a new one, if I ever needed to, I would get an Apple TV. <laughs> um, but I, I don't need to, so I won't. But um, uh, yeah, I love to take the, that Apple <laughs> for for years. I loved the the Apple TV. It was just it was literally like one of the, the bigger like box. Yeah. ones. Yeah. So there we go, guys. That's it. Um, What is... Oh, yes. Now, guys, we did. For many times... 
fall down some rabbit hole. We just, right now, just fell. And we're going to be climbing out of it ourselves. But you can do it anytime. So remember to keep falling down that rabbit hole.